0: Is the recorder going to stay? Uh,
1: maybe. Yeah, yeah, it'll stay. It'll be fine. <laughs> if it does, it'll just hit me in the face. <laughs> I'm not driving. It's all good. Boop, boop, druids in cars. Going to festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes, the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Rev. Jana Vende,
0: And I'm Rev. Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnery Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun.
1: So, sit back and enjoy, druids... In cars... Going to festivals. So a question we get fairly often and in many different forms is... How do you live like a pagan? Like, what does that look, it look like? What's it look like that would differentiate it from like some other person of a different faith tradition or no faith tradition uh, look like? What, what makes it pagan for us? A lot of
0: it, I think, as it often does, it comes down to actions, but I think it also comes down to the lens through which you see the world.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that.
0: And the actions that, ref, that are reflective of that interaction with the world, with that you know the the way that the cosmos is organized for us, and the actions that we take on behalf of them.
1: Yeah, and I see it honestly most clearly in the way that I talk to and raise my kids. Because I'm having to actively think about it um in a way that I whereas when it's if it's just me thinking about it for me, like it's just what I do. It doesn't require that additional like I have to explain my thought process that it does. Um, like for example, one of the things that kind of is defining for living a pagan life, as it were, is like reverence for nature. Um And there are lots of people across many traditions that have this reverence for nature. But, for instance, when my kid is tearing leaves off a tree... Yep. um, (laughs) We... It's not just, stop doing that. It's not just, stop doing that, it's hurting the tree. It's a very, like, animistic kind of thing, where it's, don't do that. You know, the, the tree is part of nature. The tree is part of life. Um, the tree has a spirit, you're hurting it. And so it's this very, like, deliberate conversation of that reverence. Yes.
0: Um, I, I do the same thing. So I, I, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, but um, the, the stepping on thresholds. Mm-hmm. So I, I have taught my kids, no, we, we don't stand on thresholds. We don't put our feet on the threshold of the house because that is where the, the guardian spirit of the house that's, that's their space
1: which is a great way to say stop playing with the door
0: there is that <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's a thing that sort of introduces and draws in that notion of you know, our space is sacred it is held sacred not just by us but by the spirits who also live here and this is one of the ways that we respect and honor them
1: Mm -hmm. We get it a lot with, um, like, trash and recycling, too. Yeah. Um, And especially composting, because we don't compost at home, but the school composts. Yeah. And so, like, my daughter will ask me, like, is this trash, recycle, or compost? And I'm like, well, technically it's compost, but we don't have a compost bin. Well, can we have a compost bin? I'm not really in a place where I'm ready to commit to (laughs) composting. (laughs) Sorry. Um... But, but like, she'll see things that have, that other people have thrown away or that will be on the ground, like whether it's blowing trash or someone someone throws a cigarette on the ground, and she's like, Mom, we need to tell them not to do that. <laughs> yeah,
0: my, my kids are also super anti-litter. Yes. It's awesome.
1: Really, really anti-litter, which, which is great, except that then we have to have the conversations, especially during the pandemic, of, That's trash you can't pick up. I'm sorry. Like, I know it's trash, but you don't have gloves or a picking stick. There are things
0: we just don't touch. (laughs) That's okay. We run into those even as adults with, you know, park cleanups and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. The
0: the number of things that one should never throw away uh, on the ground that get thrown onto the ground is amazing.
1: Yeah. So, but they're really into that, and it's that conversation, like, my daughter literally says, like, they're hurting the Earth Mother, Mom. I'm like, I, I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My daughter says similar things. The the way that we interact with the, the general spirits around us as well, whether they are real or made up, uh, the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. As an excellent example. We've Again, we've talked about numerous times on this. Um, we, we don't put... Teeth under pillows in our house, and I know that you don't even invite the Tooth Fairy in.
1: We we sp- we have a very explicit contract that she is allowed to come in for that one thing and one thing only, and then she has to get out. Yep.
0: <laughs> that, that, that ancient and uh, well-established bargain. Yeah. Bone for coin. And, and I phrase it that way to them as well. We, we, we don't sugarcoat this. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say about Tooth Fairy, but <laughs> the uh, the whole process of talking about it is, is is spoken about in very serious and honest terms. And, you know, fairies are, are things that we believe in. Here's, here's lessons that you can take for dealing with them. And that sort of interaction, I think, is... is really key to, to how I offer my religious notions to the kids uh, and how I offer them to the world, really.
1: We actually got a very interesting experience just the past couple of weeks. Um, speaking of fairies and the there's things you don't do, like you don't invite them in, you don't give them your name, that kind of lore around them. Um, but we also talk a lot about hospitality, and the ways that, like, you should treat guests and guests should treat you and, and all of that. And uh, we were selling popcorn a couple of weeks ago for yeah. a fundraiser. And, I mean, luckily I was, you know, I. she's still a kid, so I'm obviously going with her door to door. Um, but a neighbor that we know decently well was like, oh, come in, come in, and whatever. And <laughs> so we, we had this definite conversation of, like, I know it's hospitable, but that's not something we're doing in this context. Like, yeah. um, So it was just a very interesting conversation that I feel like she understood pretty well because we were able to relate it to those concepts of hospitality in various situations. Yeah,
0: and I, I think that's one of the keys, especially when it comes to kids, is being able to relate... The rules, the the information, the, the stuff that you want to convey to them, back to notions that are really important to you. Yeah. And communicate them in that way. I think that's that's a key thing um, when it comes to talking about how we live our lives. Um, it's not just it's not just stuff we say stuff we believe in and and actions that we take that surround that.
1: Yeah, and you, you know, it's like, um, you can definitely, like, if you examine the way that I live and the way that I raise my kids, you can kind of key into that, like, if you look at it through that lens that, okay, I really value relationships. I really value reciprocity in relationships. I value compassion. And so, like, you can see those things kind of... The way that they take shape in the different interactions. And because those are related to my, quote, pagan lifestyle, like, they they match up.
0: Yeah. When it comes to the kids, totally. That is exactly kind of how I, I follow through on it as well. But there are other things also that connect that religious to, to the lifestyle. So I woke up this morning and I looked out the window and I could see the sun coming up.
1: Uh, she was beautiful this morning.
0: Right? <laughs> and and, and you, you went right where I was going. You said she was beautiful this morning. And that, that morning sun, that, that dawn um, is, is clearly personified. Mm-hmm. And when I see the sun rise... I see both. Like, in my mind's eye, in my physical eye. Um,
1: like the celestial event and the...
0: Precisely...
1: Spiritual...
0: Epiphany? Yeah, I don't know. know. <laughs> I'm making words up right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's exactly kind of how I interact with it, is I, I watch the sun rise and I can see and rise from the, the waters of the edge I'm of the world and the full splendor of the goddess of dawn uh, before me which is what of course moves me to the lighting of a candle and what moves me and, and animates me toward prayer and things like that so those, uh, those experiences um, they, they push me into action mm-hmm. they, they, they move me in that direction Hey, well, haven't been to that Bob Evans in a really long time. <laughs> Since Wellspring moved, I don't think.
1: Yeah. So. so for me, one of the big ways that I experience it is in relation to my homesteading-slash-housekeeping stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I garden.
0: Yeah.
1: And a lot of the... Um, like, I feel that spiritual connection when I have my, my hands in the dirt, when I'm taking the time every day or every other day, whatever the weather's like, to water the plants, um, weeding, like, that's a very, like, not only is it, like, meditative in just the mindset kind of place it also is that very like deep connection to the earth itself Um, it's similar so I raise rabbits um, which is that same kind of like reference for life um, and a connection to life cycles and um, just everything kind of around that really connects me to the not just like sanctity of life because that's really weird to say but like the we each have a place in the ecosystem and we are all in relationship to everything else Um, so that's like the homesteading piece for me and then like the housekeeping piece is you know when I cook I like to have Hestia at least near me when I cook Um, I have a little statue, which I, I don't always light the candle next to it, but I have a gas stove, so, like, there is fire. There is fire. Um, (laughs) so, but I definitely like having that involved, um, when I'm cooking. Um, the, the thought is there, even if, um, some of the other things aren't. That, that reminds
0: me of my wife, who was, she, she, she's a brilliant baker, and she was having, all sorts of trouble with these macarons. She's trying to bake macarons, and they just weren't coming out right. And so, one day, she brought her Hestia statue down, set it next to the um, the, the, the oven, and her next batch came out really well. And sometimes it's just that, that piece of connection that you need. Yeah to help you move past a block to help you reach out and and connect. And that goes a long way. And I think that's really kind of at the heart of that sort of interaction is kind of at the heart of, of how we interact in a lot of ways with those spirits. Yeah. But I do additional things. Like I plan my travel around Sites and events and stuff like that also. Right. So, my wife and I are planning to, to go to Europe and we're looking at how we fit in spiritual sites and important things that we know we want to see. So, like, I know that if I'm going to go to a museum, I'm planning ahead to which rooms I need to go to in that museum to see which pieces I want to see.
1: Um, <laughs> we were just talking, not 10 minutes ago about how the next uh, Taekwondo tournament that I want to go to is in Nashville. And I was like, I really want to go because I want to visit the Parthenon in Nashville again. Yep. <laughs>
0: Which, by the way, if you haven't been, totally worth going. Totally
1: worth going. <laughs> they, they have a f-
0: full-size Parthenon. It's one-to-one uh, with one in Athens. Uh-huh. But, you know, actually constructed the one in Athens is...
1: It is <laughs> not,
0: because it was blown up by the Turks it's in the 1600s. refurbished? <laughs> yeah, refurbished, that's a good word for it. But inside is a 42 and a half foot tall gilded statue of Athena.
1: And she's amazing, and so intimidating, and so awesome in the, like, awful awesome, like that power-awesome way, yeah.
0: In in the depth of the word... The the depth of the way that the word awesome is constructed. awesome. Yes. (laughs) Full of awe. Totally
1: worth it. Totally worth it. Especially if you've never seen statues painted the way they would have been painted in ancient Greece before. Right.
0: (laughs) All you've ever seen
1: are the ones that That are white marble.
0: It's a completely different experience. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I plan... Every trip, I I take a look at what there is on the way, and and I I work hard to find, if not explicitly spiritual stops, stops that deepen my spirituality um, or deepen my connection. I Uh, think my
1: favorite one of those of yours was when you drove out into the desert to go spend the night at a temple. Yeah! (laughs) Yeah!
0: Yeah, that was fun. I don't know
1: what, what was it a temple to? Who was it to? Uh, it was
0: a temple of Sekhmet. Okay. Uh, temple of God of Spirituality. Um, I, I don't know that I would go back there now, but it, is, it was a, a lovely experience. And it's stuff like that, that when you have an opportunity, you can take that opportunity. And that was... Um, that was also... That was the same trip that I went to to Vegas... And actually, spent time in in Las Vegas for the f- for the first time. And one of my friends, Kaiser Seraph, had been there one once and sent me photos from inside Caesar's Palace. One of the photos is of a goddess holding a golden apple, <laughs> which is probably Aphrodite having won the apple. But I am totally okay with looking at that particular statue as a statuesque representation of Eris, uh-huh. goddess of chaos and discord holding out the apple for the fairest. Um, but it, it's, it's finding little things like that and, and digging into them and, and making it happen when you can.
1: I yeah, well, imp- especially when it's like you're and I'm not talking about, like, spiritual pilgrimage. I'm talking about, like, you happen to be in the area, and if you take a 30-minute side trip, you're going to go see something really awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, That's, I mean, that was a work trip. I, I, I was not there for pleasure whatsoever. And there, there are plenty of things you can do in Vegas for pleasure. <laughs> um, and that is what I chose to do. I, I chose to go to temples and sacred spaces that no one would really reasonably consider sacred because they're in the middle of a casino uh, and <laughs> that is that's temple what
1: I of the, temple want. of the lotus Eaters I mean it's fine. <laughs> you
0: know uh, but I mean I, I ended up with a, a hotel balcony of all things which was not expected uh, when I uh, when I booked this place and so I Watched the sunrise uh, each morning and I watched the moon rise over the mountains and it was it was fabulous it was wonderful
1: do you still you were the one who created that map of publicly accessible yeah. sacred statues yeah. is that still updated
0: uh, I don't know if it's updated because I don't know if anyone has put new statues up okay. but yes I do have a map of that. it's a google map it's actually on the three cranes account oh. um and I can link to that in the description, I suspect. But I went looking for things that were either on public land in particular, or things that uh, could be, that were accessible from public land. And the uh, things that I I found were like deities, goddesses, gods, uh, that happened to have statues mostly. And they don't have to be under european to get on that list they just have to be pagan of some level um, so there's a there's a Quetzalcoatl statue on there and um, an Isis a couple of Isis statues um,
1: ooh we have a rainbow rainbow here. yeah I see it
0: I can really see it but it's there in fact that's right down there for
1: me oh that is cool yeah
0: we, we're literally driving on a rainbow at the moment because of the way that the uh, there it goes. sun is sitting
1: that's cool that is
0: very cool (laughs) but I mean every city has some kind of statue on top of their courthouse many of them do and some of them are explicitly goddesses and some of them are representations of liberty for example on top of the capital and there are it's nice to, to go and see these things and to experience them so, I, I always recommend, anytime you get the chance, look up, and see what there is to see in your own town square. Yep. Um, you don't have to travel far to see a statue of a deity in the United States of America. But yeah, so, travel plans, our experience with the cosmos, our kids.
1: You know, it's really interesting thinking about this, because um, I'm a very deity centered person like most of my relationships I feel like are deity and spirit relationships but the ways that I connect on like this
0: I'm gonna have you hold that thought we could make a side trip down to brushwood
1: and we can take pictures of the thingies. The Can we take a picture of the boat? The the blue uh, sea shrine boat? If It's still there?
0: You want to try that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a quick side trip. That is totally <laughs> unplanned now that we're in the middle of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to go to Brushwood. And we're going to see what's there. Yeah, yeah. Brushwood is where Wellspring used to be. Uh, and there's a an nevaton there that ADF put together
1: you brought your fancy camera I did
0: and we're gonna drop in and see what's there yeah because that space is very sacred I think to both of us yeah um I've had many an escapade in that nematon (laughs) hence me
1: can we go see the boat sea shrine can we see it please
0: (laughs) so yeah sudden change of plan and Sudden memory. Yeah. Flowing up. <laughs> so that'll add probably an hour to the trip.
1: That's fine. We got, we got time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I'm sorry I interrupted you. And I probably, so, you your train of no, I
1: still have my train of thought. Your f- directions are going to yell at us, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going
0: to stop that right now. <laughs> okay. I, I know exactly how
1: to get to brushwood. Okay, so my thought my interesting thought is that I'm normally like this deity centered work almost exclusively with spirits kind of person. But in having this conversation, I'm like, wow, all those ways that I connect are like nature, earth mother, hands in the dirt. Like (laughs) maybe, maybe just maybe because I'm going through this, like struggling to reestablish my practice thing right now maybe I should think about (laughs) maybe doing some more with that a little more intentionally. Um, Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's a a good (laughs) idea. And honestly, in many ways, this stuff is all kind of second nature. Um, You do it long enough, it becomes second nature. But the intentionality of saying no, I'm going to frame this in my pagan frame I think has a whole lot of value Mm -hmm. and there's a depth of experience that you can touch and gain from that intentionality that simply going through the motions of life can't quite grasp Um, I, I do think that there is a lot of benefit to thinking about these things and seeking them out and saying no this this is something that i want to approach from a pagan mindset and i'm I'm going to find a way to frame it that makes sense within my cosmos yeah thanks for listening and there's more to come
1: we welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org.
0: If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranesorg donate.
1: Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Schapkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Biershank.
0: Learn more about our Grove at threecranes.org and more about Druidry. At ADF.org.
1: As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.